This is the one with a ton of foreshadowing. A very common courtesy unit. Spoilers. The Piranhas of the Air. And Professor River Song, archaeologist. It's called Silence in the Library. Here we go. We're still on our endless voyage, all through time and all through space. With Levine and angels now, Dalek, Cybers, and dude, wow. Tennant, Smith, and Eccleston, Gallifrey, where it all began. Doctor Who is cool again, that was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new Who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha, and beyond. Join us on this odyssey, what other choice could there be than Who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another long-awaited, highly anticipated episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past? You must. This is episode <laughs> N050! That's right! This is a moment. I mean, take a moment. This is a... Oh, don't auto-truncate this moment. No. Just I'm basking. I'm it. getting really verklempt over here. This is amazing. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. This is a milestone, and the episode we are reviewing today is Silence in the Library. Appropriately so. Because it's uh, a great episode. It's a fantastic episode to, you know, demarcate this half, quote-unquote, century. It is <laughs> worthy. <laughs> it is worthy. And that's why we've got three fantastic hosts tonight. I am Drew Back When. To my front is... <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, I'm Pumpkin. To and, his front. Yes, and to my right... Hi, I'm Marie. Hello, Marie. Hi. <laughs> so I don't think it's giving away any spoilers to say that we all bloody loved this episode. Yes, it's fantastic. Absolutely. And it is part one of a two-parter, and was this clarified before we pressed record? You guys did not watch the second part this time around? No, I restrained myself. I desperately wanted to, but I paused so that I could just review this episode purely. You're a better human being than I am. <laughs> well done. Yeah, I'm as good a human being as you are, and better mm, than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> Alas, I watched both of them back to back. I had to. I couldn't contain myself. It was amazing. Well, just indulge us in our ignorance. I will. Okay, great. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> Shall we jump into a B-scow? Let's do that. Time for us to synopsize, lobify and summarize, so take a view, and grab a brew, and listen to this overview, this free-for-all, we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. The Doctor and Donna are summoned via psychic paper to the library, a planet-wide library in the distant future full of actual bound printed-on-paper books, but oddly devoid of people. Meanwhile, a mysterious young girl in present-day England, with inexplicable visions of the library, and the Doctor and Donna, is being interviewed by the equally enigmatic Dr. Moon. Cut back to the library, where an old friend of the Doctor's, whom he hasn't met yet, Professor River Song, is leading an expedition into the heart of the library for the Foman Lux Corporation, and where an alien force appears to have taken over. Be scout over, you are welcome! Aren't you just? For no reason whatsoever. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's special. It's a special occasion. <laughs> okay, can I start us off with a question? If you must. So this takes place after the, whatever the, it was called, the singing spires of whatever. For her, from her point of view, right? She's just been with Capaldi. Oh, we're getting wibbly wobbly right from the beginning. Yeah. She's just spent a 24 year long night with Capaldi, right? How do we know that? Isn't that the thing? Is this the last time she sees him then? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, she, yeah. Isn't this the whole thing of she... Oh, sorry. Spoilers from the start. I mean... the second episode, I guess. But isn't... But it's also her law. But isn't isn't the point that the singing spires is their last night together? So it wouldn't be their last night together if Uh, she knew she was going to see him tomorrow. But the first time that she meets him must be the last time. Sorry, the first time that he sees her is the last time that she sees him. Logically, right? Because their timelines are reversed, right? I have always struggled with this. I don't know if they are exactly reversed or if it just... They meet out of order and she's... If they were exactly reversed, then she would know exactly where they were in the book. But she keeps having to flip through and say, have we done this yet? Have we done this yet? And... Yeah, I think she does. I don't, That's interesting. I don't think it's reverse. I just think so it's, it's not out perfectly reverse. Yeah. No, because isn't the first time she meets him is in Let's Kill Hitler? Yeah. So that's right in the, the, middle in the middle of his timeline. So they may run in parallel for a certain length of time. Maybe this is the last time she sees him. Though. That's sort of the grand conceit, I, isn't it? I feel like that's exactly what this is. But in yeah. my mind, it was, you know, reversed, completely polarised, yeah. polar opposite timelines. I think they actually say that somewhere that they're kind of living in reverse, but I don't think it... It actually is valid. Pattern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you keep it fuzzy, then you can do more things with it exactly 
Gotcha. So the way it was in my mind, mm. she spends 24 years with Capaldi in the Bone Zone whilst two mountains are singing. Yeah. Annoying, by the way. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then she leaves him, as in she leaves after that one night, and goes to see him for the last time ever. Because that's, at the very least, that's the validity that I've added to the 24-year-long night with Capaldi. Because wasn't that it? It's like, oh, this is the last night that we have. Oh, but this night is 24 years long. Yeah. So that's great. So after this, it ends. And it was like, you're going to die after this night. Wasn't that the whole thing? Because she dies in the light, but that's a spoiler. Yeah, sorry. This, um, this I'm is... sorry. We're gonna have to get into the spoiler. You're reviewing oh, episode shit. two. Fuck! I'm not. I'm not. You I'm are. not. No, no. This is about part one. Yeah. Because she has clearly spent a ton of time with the Fellman Lux Corporation before she goes to the library now. Yeah. So she can't have gone straight from the 24-year-long night. That is not her last night of life. No. She has clearly gone somewhere to, like, work her way up within the Fellman Lux Corporation. Now, she offers her services in- as a freelance archaeologist. Unless she went from the 24-year-long night to, like, a 12-year-long day during which she worked in the Fellman Lux Corporation, this does not add up for me. Maybe she's, maybe she's been putting in the hard weeks and then she thinks, well, i got to have this night. And then she nips off and has it. Nips back again. Exactly. She's a time traveller. Yeah. But I see. If she has just come from the 24 years in any way, then there's none of this flipping through the book shit. Have we done this? Have we picnics on Asgard? She knows exactly what's happening and what's coming, right? Anyways, so what so- you're saying is the most complex sort of temporal wibbly wobbliness that any showrunner of Doctor Who ever undertook was ever so slightly fucked up over many series. <laughs> they stretched it over many series and they got a bit greedy. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's not necessarily a plot hole here, but in my mind there is a plot hole in that Capaldi episode in the way that it is linked to this one. I think that's right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah but it's Christmas. And also, which, by the way, also disproves my prior assumption that they are per- Perfectly reversed. Because if her penultimate is his last. Yeah. Right? But yeah, from his point of view, that's his last night with her. Yeah. Well, Marie just showed us a tube map that she got off the internet that was like the circle line and the Hammersmith and City line, and they were just arcing around London and it was madness. Yeah. All right. That was a terrible introductory question. I apologize. You had to get it out of the way. I did. Did he know that it was her last night with him? Solid as a rock. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, the only thing I was wondering is does he say that it's her last night on Earth or their last night together? Because from his perspective it is their last night together oh interesting mm. maybe that is it maybe that we're misremembering it oh, i wouldn't put it past myself <laughs> we should say also that this was written by stephen moffat Ooh. oh yes it let's was. state the obvious this was back in rtd's reign when moffat was just an up-and-coming young wannabe showrunner yeah and he was outclassing everyone with his one-off stories and so at the time when he was announced we'd be like of course it should be given to this guy so what was the last one that he wrote was it blink i was gonna say yeah i think so Really, he's not written anything in between. He did The Girl in the Fireplace, did he? No, no. that was RTD, wasn't it? Oh. Oh, Drew is looking at me like... I just sort of think all the ones I like, I attribute to Moffat. Oh, like, I see. Of, of those <laughs> kind of series, yeah. So, as Marie said, The Girl in the Fireplace, written by Stephen Moffat. Ka-ching. Ciao. <laughs> so, this is like his hat trick of yeah, brilliant of episodes. awesome episodes. The best oh, episode. No. no wonder he got the job then. Yeah. Yeah, and he's written some good ones since, but maybe none as iconic as these three. Mm. Yeah. Apart from the 50th, which I love, but a lot of people hate it. Well, we're not there yet. We'll get there. Sorry, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of spoilers... Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are anti-River Song, the main problem they have with her is the spoilers line. And it is, the way she delivers it, like in later episodes, is quite annoying. When she's extra sensual about it. Yeah. Sensual. Spoilers. spoilers. Um, I can't do it. Drew? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm not biologically equipped somehow. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that actually he says it in this episode. He doesn't say it to River, but he says it first. Oh. And, spoiler, Yeah. later on, there's an episode, I think it must be the Hitler episode, when she hasn't met him, and he says to her spoilers, and so that's the first time she's heard it, and she, she takes it from him. So the thing that most irritates people about River she actually gets from the doctor oh that's nice mm. ah. yeah it's all his fault 
everything that's introduced in this episode is introduced so well and it's so embedded into the story that you just don't notice i didn't notice it when he said spoilers the first time and then i rewatched the beginning and then i made the connection because it's not like last week where it's like oh and now we're at the wink silent pool reference time (laughs) it's it's just a nice piece of dialogue really well delivered yeah really subtle yeah the writing in this one is top notch Mm. top hurl yeah no, it is. It is absolutely wonderful. I had forgotten most of the sort of intricacies of this. Mm. I remembered that oh, thingies, thingies, thingies from the next episode that we can't talk about, and I also remembered there being skeletons inside the spacesuits, whatever. Should we talk about books since oh. we're in the library? Let's talk sure. about books. Because last week we were all, oh my goodness, how can there be books in the year eleven billion? <laughs> and this week, the doctor, the first thing he says is books. And then he explains it perfectly. I did have a little pang of guilt about that, actually. (laughs) And everything that is in the library has been specially published for the library, right? Yeah, they got a print-on-demand machine. (laughs) Great job, guys. Never heard of anything like that. Because I feel like there's a huge chunk of human history that we encounter throughout New Who, and probably also Classic Who, during which we don't have printed books. It's all iPads and, you know, Kindles, that sort of thing. In Classic Who? I feel like that, wow. yeah. And, well, not necessarily iPads and Kindles, but that everything is way more technological. You know, you ingest literature through crystals rather than, you know, browsing printed paper. But I guess maybe it's your average day-to-day Gallifreyan doesn't have a book, but that it's a database. The library is there as a central system, so everything that's ever been written or published is held somewhere. Everything that has ever been written and published where? In the universe. In the universe can be stored in one library a planet-sized library library. still feels like there's not enough the biggest data core as its center oh okay so we don't have a printed copy of every single book it's it's a hard drive and when you want a book it prints it for you no i think everything in the hard drive is backed up physically we don't know how big this planet is we can't see the horizon because of the lovely cgi vistas i mean this planet could be a million kilometers in diameter yes Yes. And there are skyscrapers full of books. There are. Still, somehow, I mean, in the great infinity of the universe, still feels like there's not enough space somehow. I don't know why I'm saying Maybe that. They there have are TARDIS. millions of planets and millions of life forms in the universe. Maybe uh, they have TARDIS technology. Sherlock. <laughs> nice. Also, isn't the volume of a sphere four pi r cubed? Am I getting that right? I think I think that's right. Strong math. Wait, hang on. That is a big yes. Yeah, that is a big number when your planet (laughs) is a million kilometers in diameter. Sure. (laughs) So math locked. Okay, fine. (laughs) I love that you're trying to pick plot holes in this. I really am. Like, okay, just get to saying how awesome it is. It is awesome. It's absolutely. It's so awesome. But what is awesome is that at the same time as he says books retro he also brings in all the other technological stuff that you don't get to see and he puts it off screen he references fiction mist oh i missed fiction i, I missed that as well yeah what like he's that? he's reeling off things you got books you got this and you got that and you got fiction mist and it's like <gasps> what yeah what? like this episode is just brimming with hard sci-fi concepts like too many fiction. for you to take totally in miss that. on no, one wa- viewing it's great i'm spoiling my review here but this is what doctor <laughs> who should be like it should be every minute it's like so much imagination creativity on screen more than you can handle mm. more than you can predict i couldn't predict a single moment of this episode yeah and compare that to some of that dross like every 20 minutes oh, it I, has to do this and then it's gonna do that yeah. i could predict when they said nobody saved and oh let's expand oh. there are two life yeah. forms let's expand the parameters oh no there's a million million what are they called not life forms Ooh, yes. something lives oh what nice. could that possibly be? Stupid daughter ask. Obviously, they're books. Come on. It's not books, though, is it? Well, it can't a, be the books. That's I mean, a spoiler for next. They're one. not alive. Mm. It's not the books. It can't, it can't be, be the books. books. Couldn't possibly. I be really like that scene. No! I thought the interplay between the two <laughs> there was really. F- yeah, I'm going to say it. Fun. Fun. Oh, no. oh my God. The F word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she was, Just me then. She didn't irritate me as much this week. The one that irritated me more than anything was her interaction with River Song. And River's trying to explain how she knows the Doctor. And Donna gets all, look, do you know him or do you not? Do it. Yeah, she gets shirty. <laughs> yeah. She Is this the one where she shirty? says, are you just talking rubbish? Yeah. Yeah, because that's the soundbite that I've noted. <laughs> uh, ahead of which I've written Catherine Tate reveals her lack of acting talent. <laughs> Again. Three minutes in. He looks right through me and it shouldn't kill me, but it does. 
you talking about? Are you just talking rubbish? Do you know him or don't you? Donna! Quiet. Sorry. You're a time traveller. You know how it works. Yes, exactly. Apply some logic to this. Come on. Now, I agree with you both that this line, I couldn't sustain my love for Donna while she delivered that line. (laughs) I agree with you. You can have that. But at the same time, River was sort of talking in riddles. River is explaining as best she can. Mm. But at the same time, there's no way Donna can understand. But River is also being unnecessarily nebulous about I mean, she could just say here are some things that i can tell you the rest i'm afraid for you know wibbly wobbly reasons i cannot share with you she doesn't have to give everything in the form of a riddle but what could she tell him i am a fellow time traveler because i can't spoil the future for you there are certain things that you're gonna have to find out on your own hmm. i wonder whether they decided that she was going to be a time traveller at this point. Because we don't know anything about her backstory now. But they must already have decided it, right? Because she's already met him and he's not met her. Hmm. Oh, no. Not necessarily. Actually, you're right. Yeah, because his future could, could just, be her past. Exactly. He yeah. could just be moving he around in her life. He could have been jumping around. Oh, you're right. But she's on a fit time travel. Like, hmm, But don't they somehow allude to her being a time traveller in this one? I can't remember if they do. I don't know. I didn't know it's in this episode. Yeah, it's very hard to keep track. Okay, how about this then? She has Captain Jack's cut and paste gun. Oh, do you mean the squareness gun? Is that, oh. is, is that what it's called? That's what the doctor says. Oh, a squareness gun! <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That is absolutely dreadful. But isn't that Captain Jack's cut and paste gun? Because he uses that on... Oh, what's it called? Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? Doctor Dances? Yes. Yeah, that double feature. Yeah. He has that gun where he points it at a wall, for example, it cuts a square out of a wall, just like her gun does here, and then he can paste it back in when they've climbed through the hole. She never uses it to paste, Mm. but it looks exactly like his cut-and-paste gun, which is a future tool from time agents, or for time agents. Isn't that already a hint that she's a time traveler? But again, if the Doctor was nipping in and out of her timeline, he could have given her that at any point. Just like he gave her the The screwdriver, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which, Which, he having lived through this episode, he will know to give her the squareness gun. Yeah. She's gonna need that. But then again, this you know what that is this is exactly what we encountered the last time this is bill intent logic this is the well because i know that i will have done that i now will do it yeah mm. if it's good That's... enough for bill and ted it's good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm not tr- i really don't know why i'm criticizing this i love this episode <laughs> yeah. completely yeah, it's, it's only when we can abstract ourselves from the episode and sort of nitpick and pick little holes in it but during the episode no room for that at all not at all yeah, true. Okay, I got another question for you. Would the Vashta Narada, great name by the way, would the Vashta Narada. It's just Banana Rama, but Doctor Who <laughs> Would the Banana Rama eat the faces? You know, the faces that are on pillars. I don't think they're. They're not actual actually skin organic faces. Yeah, they're, it's like a copy. In some way, a copy. In some way, a copy. Hmm. A real face, but it, so it's, it's not held organic. In the database in, is it not organic in any way? I think there's an organic sort of pool from which they construct a face. Because I, I because feel like that's quite accurate. Yeah, yeah because that's how the, I'm, because yeah. the node selects the face they think Donna will respond to best, and so there must be a pile of facey melty glue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they turn that into Mark Chambers's face because I have no idea why. So who's Mark Chambers? I can tell you who Mark Chambers is. I'm glad that you can. (laughs) Trivia! Mark Chambers was a singer, and he sang uncredited on Planet of the Oot. And he also sings, and he is credited, in The End of Time. So he was a real guy involved with Doctor Who at this point. Oh, right. And so they name-checked him. Does he do the Oot song? I suppose he must have. I think he was a countertenor or something. Oh, wow. Is what the trivia said. I don't know what that means, but there you go. Okay. (laughs) Triviated. (laughs) Good night. Yeah, nice. But that's not him. I should hasten to add. That is not his face. That is some other dude. Oh. Just using Mark Chambers' name. So wait, don't expect that what? guy's wait, face wait, wait, to come wait, back again. So what's just happened, some, they've just used his name yes. as a, an homage to their, like a little nod to their buddy. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. That's all it is. It's like they would encounter a character called Mr. Moffat or something. Yeah. That character would not be played by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Rad. Okay. <laughs> Pointless trivia there. How do you get your kicks? I don't know. <laughs> what did you think of the whole Dr. Moon B plot? I was surprised when the episode opened just on his voice and then it turned out not to be Peter Serafinovich. Oh, really? 
Why? Do you think they have similar voices? Yeah, he's well, he's just got a, you know, an imposing low voice. <laughs> and it's always him. Wasn't he... I, I've forgotten his name now. It's Colin Salmon. Salmon. Yeah. Yes, of course. Wasn't he, I think, at least last time around when Capaldi got the role, mm. I think Colin Salmon was one of the potentials. Mm, that would have been interesting. Mm. I think uh, so. So Dr. Moon could have come back. I think Dr. Moon could have been the Doctor. Wow. As in not Dr. Moon, but Salmon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Okay. It's weird he's not in the running this time. Yeah, I don't think he was on any of the lists that I saw. No. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He retired, okay. opened a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, no, I, I really loved the intro. So from the little girl's perspective, and she's in the library, and somebody's in the library, and then we see the Doctor and Donna crash through the doors. That's amazing. And then, but then to flip it back and see the whole thing from their side as yeah. well, I thought that was so clever. And as soon as you, they come through the doors and he grabs a book, you're right there with them. Yeah. I thought that was such a nice little moment. Yeah. The thing I like best about that moment what it doesn't do wood. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, come on. When you have to deliver a line oh. like that, nobody better <laughs> than Catherine Tate. Oh. The contempt. Oh, your Sonic does everything and not a door. Oh, man. I just wish she could ask. Act, you know, Can't. no, yeah, badly. I wish you could act well. Sorry, I wasn't specific. <laughs> I, well, it, I, I loved the Doctor Moon, and I've forgotten her name. B plot completely. In fact, I loved all of the little thingies in that universe. Everything that yeah. happens on that side, so to speak, is amazing. Ah, uh, they reuse some of the Ren and Stimpy light audio. Well, when she's watching TV or something. Yeah, and it's like, I will go to the gold and I will get the thing from the river and it'll become a great big nugget. And it's, <laughs> they just they do that over and over fucking again. <laughs> I feel like I kind of missed that, but there is a point where I've written fade out to screaming cartoon is fantastic, like something out of Rick and Morty. <laughs> this is quite apt, I think. I thought that was great, but then there's one point, one scene, which flummoxed me a little bit. And I guess actually it shouldn't, but it's when she unsheathes the secret part of her TV remote. Yeah. And it's like, well, those are just like teletext and VCR buttons. <laughs> and she presses some button and all of a sudden books are catapulted from the walls onto them. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and she yeah, she's pressing different buttons and the same thing happens, doesn't it? Just Yeah. Like she but presses you... record, gets some books. Well, Everyone has a button on their remote at home that they don't know what it does, right? Like, and now you know. Like, Just this is what it does. Book. That's yeah. how they listen in. <laughs> <laughs> but it, what didn't really make sense to me, or where I felt like, oh, I get that this is just a manifestation of her mm. acting out, in a way. Like, oh, she presses a button because that's how she pictures it, whatever. It's like Neo in The Matrix, or needs to give it a form or something. Yeah. But why would there be... It still presupposes that there's a mechanism in the bookshelf that catapults books out, right? Because um, I mean, it's not telekinesis or something well isn't it because I mean, okay i, I haven't yeah, seen I part two okay but i am assuming that in some way this girl is little miss library and that she could if she only sort of knew how to control it do pretty much anything she wanted yeah because she can um when he asks mr moon asks so how she moves around the library she just say, she thinks it and then it happens so she is kind of everywhere at once and yeah but i mean we do get to see the orb the non-toclophane yeah. Right, which is just like the drone with the camera. That's what's filming them, right? But I think she's more like it looks just like a security camera. But it's, yeah, she's more than that. I think she's supposedly the help desk for the entire planet-sized library. Yeah, well, little mistake. It take her a year to get round to the other side with your four pi r squared million kilometer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, she big. has to be able to like do multiple things in multiple places and probably control things with her but mind. But telekinesis. Yeah. Really? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, all right then, if you want to. I feel like that's where it loses me a little bit. Yeah, and now you say it, that was a bit of a lame effect and it did go on for quite a while because yeah. nobody's in any danger. It's just sort of a mild distraction. The music is going... Bling, 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 well, she's, bling, bling, she's throwing really a fun. tantrum, basically. Yeah, I don't... Oh, uh, so that'd be like her throwing danger. the books across the room. Yeah, but oh. I don't understand how f the books physically can be thrown across the room. I think it's just her way of trying to engage with the library. Sorry to be really nitpicky, by the way. So she's like, I think somewhere she must know that this world isn't real and, and trying to connect and trying to get back to the library. And that's the only thing she can do. Hmm. She doesn't really understand. Yeah, okay. I don't, I, I don't want to say too much because I've seen part two. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good sign that we are having to nitpick at these minutiae. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what our podcast is all about. Excellent pronunciation, by the way. And, <laughs> thanks. 
And if we have to go into this level of detail to find anything wrong with it, then mm. it must be a pretty good episode. This is a fantastic episode. As you said, minutiae. Yes. <laughs> and as we do occasionally bring up various Latin words just to drop some Latin... Well, of course, they're a sine qua non. <laughs> in this story in which you can only find safety in the light, where you must stay away, stay out of the shadows, mm. the name of the family that owns and at one point created this library planet is Lux, which means light. Of course it does. Yeah. yeah. Thanks uh, for enlightening me. <laughs> yeah. You think it comes... That's my, that's my major beef. That's, my, it... that's not my major beef. That's my only beef. <laughs> yeah, that's not even beef. It's like my lean piece of vegetarian-friendly bacon. Why, yeah. why is it... Why do you have beef with it? Because isn't it ridiculous? Why do you have to give someone this name? We get it. Light and dark. Don't name the... Oh. Nah, it's a luxury. <laughs> that's terrible. I don't it's know. Just, it's just a little nod for those who do know it. It's a little... Hmm... I have a love-hate relationship with that kind of naming convention in Doctor Who, because we have encountered that on numerous occasions on Who Back When. Yeah. Like, they go to the... Oh, I'm trying to trying to remember some of them. Well, they go to the sea planet of Marinus, or they go to the, you know... Oh, I can't remember. Oh, but everyone was now. doing it back then, wasn't it? With the Romulans and all that business. In the 60s, yeah. no one had any frame of reference. Yeah, beyond. and I have, a, I have a love-hate relationship with this naming convention in Star Trek as well. And when it comes to the Romulans, I have a hate relationship with it. Because what are the odds that you're going to kind of two planets it's somewhere in a distant galaxy called Romulus and Remus and they have senates and shit screw them mm. anyway this isn't a Star Trek podcast anyway we should talk about Mr. Fellman Lux's well it's Mr. Strackman Lux's band of misfits oh Ooh. well we have Miss Evangelista who looked very familiar to me the actress looked very familiar mm. to me I looked her up yeah. I can't remember what I no. saw. Her. I actually forget. <laughs> like, I literally had it on the top of my brain. It's like, yeah, she's in that thing, but I can't remember Do what it was. Do you want to look her up right no, now? No, fuck it. <laughs> well, one of them, Steve Pemberton. Who's that? He is Strackman Lux. Oh, he okay. He is from the League of Gentlemen. Co-starring Which with I've Mr. Mark oh, Yes. 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 I've never seen so Legion. Totally really? Oh my god, best thing ever. Is there tons of it? No. Very Ooh. short. Or British TV, not American. Mm. Yeah. Quality, not quantity. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So the boys' club is hard Back. at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who else is in this group? You've got Proper Dave, oh, who yes. is just Mr. Renterface. For anyone got a cameo going? Yeah, you can rent proper Dave. I love that they have that whole tiny little backstory for an ancillary character's name. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing because he has no part in this entire storyline, but they still have to justify it. It's, it's great. Mm. You can totally imagine them having had that conversation off screen before we even press play. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's nice. It's a better variation than I'm Dave and he's Dave as well, and or I'm Dave and he's Barry, and now I suppose we have to have ancillary characteristics. Oh, man, these are going to be lame. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the only person who shows Miss Evangelista any compassion, Donna Noble. Uh-oh. The heart of the show. They were awful to Miss Evangelista. Yeah, they were mean. They really were. But it kind of bugged me that they played on the pretty but dumb thing to the point where she said oh yeah I'm, everyone thinks i'm pretty but dumb and then said something really dumb to prove it yeah like, well how did you get the job is it like she's not like a model or anything she has to do some work she must be, well i mean she? she's boning the captain get the isn't forms. she isn't that what she's oh doing? she does say she's his everything oh yikes yeah, yeah no it's, i think he's just a massive douchebag and he wants a quote-unquote pretty face around to mm. do his bidding because whatever tiny penis he probably drives a porsche but space porsche but yeah space porsche obviously i, I looked her up by the way i did <laughs> uh, she was in saint trinian's as well uh. with agatha she was in inception as what blonde she was also blonde. in thor the dark world as nurse <laughs> hey that's better than nurse number Good two range. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the liability as the girl. Oh no! <laughs> oh come on! Oh, she must have done something. Sorry, I'm cherry picking the really Maybe bad ones. She, she has been in, in good stuff as well. She was also in Agatha Christie's Poirot in Five Little Pigs. 
That's a good one. She was in Pride and Prejudice. So uh, hang on, were they just filming Poirot next studio over and one day uh, they were like, we need some more extras? Uh, <laughs> I, I guess they were, but there are five years between them. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, but we'll yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you're taller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's currently in Westworld. Oh, and right. I think that's oh. where I recognised her from. But I... Oh, I she's see. Angela. As an orifice. Yeah. Right. Oh, come on. <laughs> she, she plays Angela in Westworld, in case anyone in podcast land uh, knows who that is. But, yeah, Angela anyway. the orifice bot. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, carry on. This is not a Westworld podcast. <laughs> right, so, yeah. Lots of nice lines in this one. Dying gives us size. That's a very moffat type of line. Oh, nice. Nice philosophical little drop there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked yeah. um, I Never Land on Sundays. No- nothing good ever happens on a Sunday. Or- Who back when drops on a Sunday? Well. We'll have you know. <laughs> also church. <laughs> As we're pulling quotes, 35 minutes in, we have... I'm sorry. I am so, so sorry. Oh. That's not the first one. Oh, wait, there's more than one in this he episode? He sneaks one in. Oh, I missed this! When he's talking to um, the wooden toclophane, he goes, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. He changes the inflection. Ooh. And I only got this on the second viewing as well. So it's <laughs> okay. like, they're not even just sneaking them in anymore. They're dropping an obvious one and sneaking one in as well. Oh, that is double sneaky. Yeah. It's yeah. like, here's, here's the one you've seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, two. Sound like them both. Crap, I have to find the other one. Okay, yes. <laughs> sure, we'll do. Oh, I'm sorry. I really am. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone whisper louder than Catherine Tate? When was she whispering? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, maybe everyone is just really quiet. Was she trying to whisper that? Yeah. Oh. I thought that was part of the fun. Like Silence in the Library, Donna Noble. They won't go together. <laughs> she did a relatively good job when What's-Her-Face dies. Oh, mm. I thought that was a good scene. That yeah. was a great scene. And I thought, actually, that, that's a real contrast to the I'm so, so sorry that we get every time. Yeah. It's like, that was a really touching... A, an actual human moment. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it wasn't, like, she's already gone and everybody knows intelligently that that's just an echo. It's not a life. Can we talk about this whole echo business? Okay. Yes. Explain it. So this is just, when she thinks, she thinks through a microphone and one thought has got stuck in the microphone, except she's dead it's, behind it. It's not one thought. It's, you can send telepathic links between the two of you. So if you're on the other side of the planet, you don't have to say it out loud. You can speak telepathically. You can think to someone. So it's linked to your brainwave so that to enable that. And then... Oh. Yeah. So this is not linked to the microphone at all? It's coming through the microphone, but I think they said about a telepathic link, didn't they? Yeah. And so it's like, a, it is an echo of her... Like, consciousness. Consciousness, yeah. So she's asking, why is it dark? Who's there? And like the kind of dying thoughts. Her last thought was that she didn't want people to think she was stupid. Yeah. So she's asking Donna, please don't tell anyone. And that's what it settled on so does she yeah, and it manages to be both a joke at her expense and incredibly poignant at the same time yeah yeah which is really something yeah it, it's incredibly well done yeah a really nice piece of writing so is there consciousness in that line I don't, I don't think there can be. Well, I think it's like there's a black mirror, isn't there, where um, a guy dies and they harvest his social media and everything yeah. he's ever written uh, and yeah. they put it into an Android. And I sort of get the feeling it's a bit like that. So it's a facsimile of her. Yeah, it, it a takes... Very like, it's like a 64-bit facsimile of her. Yeah, it takes all her input that she's ever put through this program and constructs plausible responses to the environment really? based on it That's I, no, I, don't, I don't think I so I don't think that no. No. well it ends on ice cream well I mean obviously it degrades without connection to her brainwave source yeah. it's, what it felt for me like was like seeing dementia yes absolutely yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly like what I thought like 10 years of a slide yeah. into dementia over a minute mm, yeah and that just made it even more <laughs> yeah. poignant but what I was wondering was one of the other crew members said like oh well I listened to my aunt or my grandmother or something talk about ask me if I was in the room or whatever it was for like a day 
but that's just a speaker. She's not in there. No, it's, it's not an actual like, replica of her. There's no con- exactly. There's no consciousness. It's just yeah. the voice. Yeah. So really, what it's doing, the whole thing is just dragging out the sorrow period yeah. for the grief for everyone who's listening. Because I think that's it. It's, logically, you should just turn it off. You should just say it's a exactly. Microphone. But it's like oh, when, when but, I do that, I will never hear her voice exactly again. when it's your. So I have to do this because otherwise, exactly. Otherwise, words. I will never hear this. Yeah. yeah. But it's not the. Oh, ooh. Oh. It's an unintended side effect of the thought mail program, though, isn't it? It's not meant to give people this extended sorry period if they want it. It's just a it's just a quirk. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't happen every time. Because yeah. the other guy, it was very very quick. His like, only lasted a few seconds before he came back. Yeah, well, maybe that's there's something in that because you know they're picking on her as the stupid one. Maybe stupid people's this is a huge generalization and leap, <laughs> but maybe their patterns degrade quicker. But his degraded just as quickly. Yeah. So, you know, they're not, no better than her. Yeah. Oh, the no, tragedy. His degraded very, very quickly. Cause he's, when he said, who turns out the lights, he's still alive. He's still in there. And then there's only that yes. one line. And then in he has there. one line and yeah. then the light goes out. Oh, but no, but. but, but oh. Because then the I next, can't tell you this. Because the next time he says it, it's the Vashta Narada. Yeah. And then his skeleton flops forward. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, mm. That's, oh, but isn't that a good I, scene? I, I don't, oh, I don't, I don't care. I love it. I, I don't care. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Even though it's really, really naff at times. I love it. I love oh, it too. It's gonna, oh, no. Oh. There's just good moment after good moment. It really, really is. And every other note I have is from part two, and I can't mention a single one of okay, them. Okay, I have a question about. <laughs> Come back next week for a better episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one more note. Oh, sorry, but go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so the Vashonarada yeah. are terrifying. They're in the dark. Yeah. You can't, like, they can move. They're basically they're... the most terrifying. They're portrayed as the most yeah. terrifying and most unstoppable. And they can he's ever jump missed. between shadows. And in the library, is incredibly dark. You can't help but cross your shadows. They're constantly in dark. Yeah. Why do they feel the need to get the body? Like they're now walking really slowly at you, shouting, no, they don't need it. shouting in advance so you know when they're coming. Yeah. Walking like a zombie. They could be. They could be in the shadow could, and eating you already. Yeah. I don't, that was the thing that didn't really ring true. Well, it's a bit strange because they sort. They don't move if you're looking, do they? In a weird way, like they. No, they I don't think. No, I don't think no. so. Well, no, because there's a shadow cast by the wooden toclafet, and they notice it. And it wasn't there, and now it's there. And then they start talking about something else, and then they look back again, and it's gone again. So they like to operate outside of people's perception. But then, I don't know, maybe it's just they're emboldened by having this body, and they're like, well, we can spread out from this in a more naturally shadowy way. I don't, <laughs> I don't think really so. I it. think it's just drama. Yeah, I the, think it's the, a more visual yeah. thing for the viewer. Exactly. It's not really... I mean, we can retcon it as saying, oh, well, they want to make an entrance or this provides them with, I don't know. Finally, they have some heat and insulation inside the suit <laughs> that they don't get in the vastness of the library. But in fact, it's just so that we get to finally see it because otherwise we never see the foe. Yeah. But isn't it scarier never to see the foe? I fall? think so. I think it's way scarier. Yeah, scarier. I do. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it just feels a little cheesy when they're now running away from a zombie. Exactly. It's coming quite slowly. But they're not you. just yeah. running away from the zombie. They're running away from the shadows cast by the zombie zombie but so there is the, a something extra the there. scarier bit is the shadows yeah, yeah. there are so many shadows yeah, yeah anyway yeah you've made this point perfectly already i agree with you a hundred percent also this is picking up on moffat's let's take something really commonplace and every day and terrify people with that concept from now on I love so, that. so we Don't start with gargoyles <laughs> and now we've got shadows yeah 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 and we're gonna I and mean, things under the bed Things under the bed. Oh, nice. And ho- holding your breath at one point. Amy has to hold her breath, doesn't she? Along oh, the same lines. That rings a bell. Oh, they're, under, like that they're rings underground, a bell. and you're and everyone's dead, and she has to pretend to be dead. It's not Amy. It's Clara. Is it? Padre? It's Clara. It's Clara. Clara. To be lovely, lovely by, Clara. By holding her breath. Yeah, with Capaldi, isn't it? She has to hold her breath. It's yeah. one of the first ones with Clara. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Oh, it's a cracking yeah. episode. She does a really good. Oh, breath don't hold. breathe. Yeah, that's the name <laughs> of the episode. Oh, I shall do. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, now I'm going to be scared of breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Which I suppose is as far as you can take it. I suppose his next episode will just be the horror of the existential void. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have a criticism. Go for it. Arg, slag, snick. (sighs) Did I steal your one remaining note? No. Well, I had written that in my notes, but I thought that this was just an iPhone autocorrect mistake. (laughs) Because I've written ugh, slick, tick, or titch. Ugh, slug, snick. It's this? the first courtesy unit, and she's delivering the message. Yeah. The last oh, message in the library. that's what it is. Yeah. If, it's, I've it's, written statue, ugh, slick, titch. Oh. Yeah. It's like in Lord of the Rings, where they turn up 
in the mines of Moria at the tomb of Barley. And Gandalf says, they are comic drums, drums in the deep. And he goes on like that, and it's brilliant for ages. Yeah. And in this one, it's just, arg, slag, Nick. Oh, no, but I like that. This is when, so it says this message has been edited for, to take out swear words and to change it's, the tone. Yeah, but it's and also just says, like, re, it's reading out probably the thing, the person screaming and yeah. panting and whatever. That's, ex- oh, I completely forgot what this bloody note meant. It, <laughs> uh, but it's so silly. It's super. Oh, no, I love it. I loved Why? it. Yeah, because, so the line when she goes, run. For God's sake, run. And just said in that real deadpan... I quite like that. Like, that was incredible, I thought. I thought that was so more terrifying than someone screaming, run at you. Because you hear that more often. Yes. And but people did they go have to add the ug uh, sound effects? I don't think that bothered me, really. Hmm. It bothered me. It bothered me as well. <laughs> I mean, they could have just gone... Arg. And then you're like, then your mind can expand on that. And it's like, bloody hell, what did that sound like originally? Instead, it's but- reading out the sound effects in a comic book. It's like, boom, yes. bang, ugh, pow. Exactly. Boot, birth, snort, all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mixed mm. bag there. Mm. What else we got? So, I have one thing, but I don't know if it's a potential spoiler. It's among my part one notes. Okay. Okay, stop. If this rings no bells to you, then yep. just tell me and I won't expand on this. 4,022 people. Yeah, no, that was the number that was saved originally. Right, right. Yeah. okay, yeah. so this is a pod one thing. Yeah. So 4,022 people were saved. Yeah, a million million oh. was the original number that he read out. Oh, right. Okay, form. so this was going to be my question, basically. Okay. Like, were there only 4,022 people on the entire planets? Or oh. did everyone else get eaten? No. We d- I guess we don't know yet. I think the implication implication is that more people have been saved because it stopped uh, counting at a million million it didn't did it stop counting at a yeah, million he said the computer can't cope with any more numbers than this basically oh i see so it wasn't a very round there just happened to be a million million people on this planet yeah but yeah took, so what was the 4022 then i don't know if i took that to be like the first either the first round of saves oh interesting like, this is the first amount that they managed to save and then it went on and kept maybe she did a zone at a time or oh I don't know. Uh, or whether... Because I can't remember what happens in the next episode. I have seen it, but years ago. Whether it expanded and more, like, got souls from elsewhere? Oh, or I, don't oh know. I can't... I don't want... No, I'm not seeing anything. I don't know. I, think, I feel okay. like there's a vague thing there, but I can't get to it. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. Can we talk about River Song? Yes. yes. <gasps> <In> <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're so in sync. We've been doing this too long. <laughs> um, because I think... I remember the first time watching this and the whole she knows him but he doesn't know her it's such a intriguing premise and you desperately want to know who she is and you see it from his point of view the book's right there he wants to grab it and she says oh you can't look at that they're your rules and it's yeah it's so intriguing and then this time around with all the foreknowledge of what actually happens and how it ends and what this means for her to see the man that you love and look into his eyes and see nothing back he doesn't recognize in the slightest i was so heartbroken for her like i actually was welling up i thought that was such a moving moment but you wouldn't know it without that massive story arc you don't get that the first time you've seen it i think oh interesting yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a performance. Yeah. It is. So, she does a fantastic job. She does. Yeah. Yeah. So for that scene to measure up to the relationship we have now watched unfold yeah, over the years. And absolutely. You, and you see all of that in her face yeah. in that first scene. Yeah. That's such a good performance. Yeah, but not only that. Yes, she does deliver those lines incredibly well and very believably, and you can absolutely feel every emotion with her. Mm. But those lines are very well written as well. I mean, I don't remember every all of New Who between where we are reviewing right now and with Capaldi later on. I don't remember. There's a huge chunk that I've completely forgotten about. And there's tons of her, but I can already now feel everything that must be there in the background, you know, in her past, his future, just through that wonderful dialogue. No, it's incredibly well-crafted. And the very first thing she says... Hello, sweetie. <gasps> Did you get yes! a tingle? <laughs> oh! oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that gotta, and spoilers yeah. absolutely did. You got to tip your cap to him. I mean, it may mm. be a bit fuzzy and wobbly and timey wimey, but man, it's got he, heart. Yeah, he really set up something good there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought I was gonna dislike this, but I ended up really enjoying the fact Ooh. that her diary looks like a TARDIS. Oh yeah, why 
<laughs> looks like you his like looks that? like his TARDIS. That's lovely. I, well, now I, I agree with you. Now I absolutely agree with mm. you. But I remember at some point in the past having thought that's a bit cheesy. It's just so that they can sell more TARDIS diaries, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's it's really nice because it somehow yeah. makes her out to be this incredible admirer of his, and she wants to carry around like she's a fangirl basically, and she's got this. She is not she's a fangirl. I know, but she's not the entire time, oh. right? At some point, she was no longer. The- he gives her the diary. He is a fan. Does girl. he? Yeah. What? He gives it to her. Wait, he she has. She ha- so wears the trousers in that relationship. Absolutely, a hundred percent. But wait, are you saying that he crafted a diary yes. to look like his TARDIS and yes. gave it to her? Yes. Oh, his ego's not big enough. <laughs> oh, he is so full of himself. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> what a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anything else? Just structurally. I mean, it's hard because I can't go plot point by plot point through the episode, but every time something big would happen, you'd cut back to the little girl and then Dr. Moon is there and he's saying, you have to save them. And you're just having the stakes raised constantly on on one or two or three different ways. He only does that at the end because most of the way through, he's just basically her therapist and he's asking, saying, tell me about the library and, and you believe it. And then he has the line, there's the real world and there's dreams. And you're expecting him to say... Like, forget about this library, it's all nonsense. And yeah, then it's then such a twist when he goes, this is fake, what you're in now is not real, don't be fooled by it. That's like, I did not see that coming at all. I thought that was such a good twist. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but what I mean is, I mean... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what I mean is, in an average Doctor Who episode, which this is not, yeah. the peril in the library, you would stay with it. Mm. And he pulls you out of it and he says, and then I'm going to give you this next week. Yeah. He's like, What? <laughs> constant <laughs> just beating around the face with plot in this one and structure it's ah are I, you worried for donna do you know what donna's scream mm. was that went right through me yeah that was harrowing yeah and i think as well because it's been foreshadowed with the well you're from the doctor's future why don't you know me where am i in the future mm. and then immediately she gets put into the tardis and has this scream and you don't really know what's happened to her yeah, and you like, think she's safe because she's materializing in the tardis and this has never happened before no. i'm so pleased <laughs> I mean, possibly sadistically i am so happy yes it's terrifying that she gets all you know wibbly wobbly in the tardis but who gives a shit? Me. She is me. <laughs> me. I, I don't. But I don't. <laughs> Nick would. I'm really pleased. Also, I think this is another thing. I'm not even going to get into it. But this is another thing where I, I'm pretty sure that I've misremembered what happens with her. Mm. I mean, I had a vague recollection. Of, oh, no, I'm not going to say it. I'll say it in part two. But it, for what I remembered, teaser for next review, I guess. For what I remembered, I was very pleased that this was happening. In a way. Yeah. But also the fact that she goes, oh, why am I not in the future? She knows that there are other companions mm. that are no longer traveling with him like past companions yeah maybe she just never met river song later on maybe she just goes and stays home on earth somewhere fucking selfish oh well, also, we're, we're, i hate her so much it's like thousands of years in the future and she doesn't know that river's a time traveler by that point so why donna's long dead like why would yeah. she know you her? are dust yeah Donna. you are oh. it doesn't mean something tragic is going to happen to you now it means you might live to your 90 but obviously the doctor's going to outlive you because he's a time or lord. it might mean that you do live to be 2000 except you're just going to be traveling with the doctor for these years yeah you know, Look, and then very happily and voluntarily go your own way yeah these are great criticisms in hindsight donna hasn't got the whole backwards reversey tube mappy wibbly wobbly thing at all yet she can't she doesn't need it <laughs> yeah, but she, she does not need it. She, she is in a state of complete confusion and bewilderment with this woman who's speaking riddles at her. No, she's so- a massive king. Sorry, <laughs> narcissist. Because what she's saying is basically, wait, why have you not heard of me? Yeah, exactly. That's what she's saying. She's yeah. not saying like, oh, what happens to me? She's like, you must know exactly what happens to me because I am the famous Donna Noble. I'm sorry. Where I, am I? I have to just correct you there. Oh, okay, go for it. Do um, it, Marie. Do it. Go. It's the opposite of that. She has heard of her, and she says, why do you know me? But why don't you? recognize me so you must have not met me because she says oh you're you must be donna she has heard of her 
but she hasn't met her. That's oh, the distinction. I, see. I guess that is a perfectly valid criticism. <laughs> but I still stand by it. It's incredibly narcissistic of yeah. her to just turn the whole thing into you must be implying that I'm not around. Why am I not the center of well, everyone's attention? No, look, look. You are flying with this giant ego through yeah. space. Are we still he... talking just about Donna or are you... <laughs> <laughs> with the Doctor, he survives into a point in the future that this third person knows about and Donna yeah. doesn't. Of course she's going to go, well, how exactly does that work? He survives and, and I'm not there. I've got no other plans. What happens to human. me? She's human. Yeah. Yeah. She's exactly. Considered that she will at some point die and he won't. Does she not also? Already... Yeah. Does she not also already know that he is like hundreds of years old? Exactly. She, if she not a millennium. Yeah. I think she. Yeah, does. but also they're in immediate peril. He's she... not a millennium, by the way. He's like nine hundred or nine hundred. Yeah. I'll, I'll see. You, you need to get in on the classic rooms. <laughs> But it's not inconceivable that River could come along next week and Donna could be dead because there are fucking shadows stalking them and getting infected. No, no okay. Yeah? Also? Yeah. I guess survival, it, man. If your life is in peril and then somebody says, hey, I don't know you, but I've met your travelling companion. Yeah, and I know everyone in the room except you. You're going to feel a little isolated in that situation. <laughs> Like, you are right now. Finish him! (laughs) There was another... um, (laughs) There was another annoying Donna moment. No, impossible. I think she's right. When she... um, That woman, that nice woman. (laughs) She almost slips, and the doctor goes and grabs her to get her away from the shadow, and she goes, ooh, ooh, what are you touching me for? I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. She does. She goes to step backwards into a shadow, and he grabs her to save her, and she's like, ooh, hands off, mister, or something like he's making a pass at her and it's like oh come on donna have you not realized by now that when he grabs you it's because he's saving your life it's not because he's trying to cop a feel no but (laughs) i also loved i loved when river's like pretty boy you're with me and he is completely oblivious and i think you're pretty boy donna's the one who has to tell him and he's like what and she actually gets away with telling him that he's pretty without gagging which i thought was very grown up oh said that a bit quickly (laughs) (laughs) yeah because she's deep she's got three dimensions really Mm. yeah oh she had to be a bit annoying in this episode to set up the glee you must have felt when the doctor said donna let me explain button (laughs) (laughs) yeah i liked that oh yes yeah yeah when he zaps her back yeah oh you must have loved that moment you must thought you're getting exactly what you deserve i wish there was always a button yeah there should be a a big (laughs) red donna button donna button to shut her up (laughs) (laughs) like a catapult chair button like on your screen like a teletext thing that we can just press (laughs) a mute button yeah (laughs) oh there is (laughs) oh they should have done that with the girl she should have pressed mute and everyone would have been a I mean, this is not good podcasting, but, <laughs> but you know, they suddenly find that they can't communicate. And they start to drawing on on the psychic paper. I don't know. Well, maybe not. Maybe hmm. that, maybe that's terrible. But it would have made sense in the context of this is a button it and would... it has a recognizable effect. This again, that would not have worked for me. That would not have worked for me for the same reasons that the catapulted books don't work for me. Because why would she physically be able? Unless you use telekinesis as your excuse, but you could use that for anything. What about if she had a fast-forward button and they start running around to the Benny Hill theme? If she has telekinetic powers, why can't she just use them to get the Vashta Narada, you know, out of the library? She doesn't know that they're in there yet. She doesn't know what the problem is. Yeah, Yeah, she says others are coming and it's not the Vashta Narada because he sucker punches you. Mm. It's River Song and her crew. Yes. Which is another good thing he does. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Great things. I mean, it'll be a relief when we get to when he's the showrunner. We can actually criticise a single thing (laughs) (laughs) he does. (laughs) There must be a reason he's leaving. Oh, Oh, yeah, it was the Christmas special. (laughs) Right. Have we got anything else, or shall we jump into uh, super mini reviews and then? Only to say that we are left on a fantastic cliffhanger. Oh yes, such a good cliffhanger. Oh, we are. Yes, we are. I actually remember watching this the first time round and just thinking, no, there's no way out. They can't escape there's shadows everywhere yeah end of end of doctor who there's nothing there's nowhere to go next week the the (laughs) next episode is like two minutes long and and they uh, die at the end of it it's like oh show over done 50 years (laughs) down the drain no i agree with you it's fantastic i can't remember how they get out of it i'm really intrigued to see i hope it's not just oh yeah i forgot about this gun hey look there's no wall let's walk through it way uh she still has the gun does she we're just gonna walk through a wall yeah i hope not maybe i don't think so i think there'll be something better leon's got a quite smug face right now i'm not gonna tell you (laughs) 
Oh, well, we'll just have to come back and review this pretty damn quickly. Yeah. Mm. So come back in two weeks, podcast land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the only thing that detracted from that cliffhanger was they didn't have to have Donna repeat... I mean, first of all, I thought regardless of how someone donates a face and why is it appearing on the courtesy unit, it was a great piece of drama, mm. but she didn't need to say it a hundred million times. times. No, yeah. no. I agree. Just the one time would have been enough. Or three. Maybe Rule three. Rule of three. Yeah, three is nice. But not 18. Nice. It's not to lose its effect. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the tiniest picking of nits. Yeah. Reviews. I know it's back. It is back. Very quietly is this it? time. I didn't press the button. Great. I thought maybe by muting line one. It is one. the Vashta Narada. Do we need to explain to Podcast Land the weird difficulties that have beset us tonight? <laughs> that we cannot explain. It's a bit freaky in the context of this episode. Yeah, it is actually. It's mm. very... Fr- oh my goodness, it's like an echo yes. on the recording. Yeah, we were plagued by rogue noises in the ether and we couldn't really track them down. So we literally dismantled the... Uh, let's be euphemistic and refer to it as the studio <laughs> and then reassembled the whole thing in trying to locate it yeah delayed recording procedures by like an hour mm-hmm. anyway right ratings and now it is time to rate this did we laugh or hate this bing bong bing bong hey la 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 ratings ratings let's go first okay you went first last time yeah. i think it should be him okay, okay i'll go, go first. first mine will be super duper quick <laughs> Because I know that yours is not going to be very quick because yours is probably super detailed and and insightful and intelligent. Whereas mine is, I'm struggling to keep my eyes open and and I don't know what is from part two. Anyway, I've already said too much. So you're rating. (sighs) (laughs) Right. Keeping it nice and concise. Writing, amazing. Performance is great. Donna Noble was annoying, but a few times. But conceptually, the idea of the library, the assumption of what is behind the little girl and Dr. Moon... And obviously River Song. I can only give this a very high rating. I'm giving this a 4.7. Nice. 4.7. Nice. I had to struggle. I was struggling there for a bit, but yeah. Yeah? Okay. Great pacing. Wonderful setup. Constantly gripping. At no point was I grimly certain what was going to come next. Moffat kept me off balance for 43 minutes and he, even when I thought I'd figured something out he'd throw in two surprises or raise the tension or add a clever concept Alex Kingston is yep. River yeah. Song mm. she does excellently mm. well and no one delivers a snarl like Catherine Tate <laughs> oh. no one <laughs> thank goodness for that yeah this is for me what Doctor Who is just supposed to be like and I loved it and like Blink the only thing I can do is take off 0.1s for little <gasps> things I don't like. So mine's 0.1 for bringing back, of all things, the squareness gun. <laughs> of all the artifacts he's amassed over 50 years, that, really? Anyway, minus 0.1 for some of the supporting cast being less than compelling. And minus 0.1 for certain Donna moments. And minus 0.1 for slick, slick, slag, slag. 4.6. I haven't got as much of a thought through review as you guys have, but I am reviewing it from the heart. I love this episode. I remembered it very fondly and I was so excited to watch it again. And it absolutely lived up to expectations. And I think the fact that it does stand up to the whole story arc with River and it's still a really powerful opening to their journey... Yeah, I absolutely adore it. I went back and looked. My review for Blink was 4.7. And this tops it in my mind. (laughs) So I'm going to go 4.8. And I just, I can't wait to see the rest of the story unfold. Wonderful. We have a listener mini as well. Oh, really? Who's it from? Tracy from America. Tracy says, from the get-go, this is a very suspenseful and confusing episode. It took me several watches of both parts to figure it all out. I found the looping dead man's voice a really compelling element. It is, after all, in so much of our mythology that something of us can linger on after death. They overdid the repetition by the end, of course, but it's still a very neat concept. Creepy as hell, though. The flesh aspect, those faces on the information nodes, is pretty weird as well. I don't think it would have been nearly as good without Donna's reaction. Her reactions to the weirdness help us as the audience buy into the creep factor in this episode. Great stuff. Tracy continues, Tate is nailing it in this episode. Mm. There are so many tone changes. She has to be freaked out incensed 
Hands, compassionate to Miss Evangelista, cheeky, ripping up the contracts, and finally, absolute calm as the flesh aspect node. And Tracy goes on, I wasn't going to include a reference tracker here. I mean, the entire episode is one giant reference to River Song, right? But oh my god, at 3145, I can see a picture of a wolf and a blonde on the wall as Cal talks to Dr. Moon. Rose? (laughs) She gives it a rating of, I'm fine, and you? Which I'm not entirely sure how to interpret, but I'll take that as a million thumbs up. Yeah, most of them for Donna! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll include a screenshot of that at 31.45 on whobackone.com. Thank you so much for sending this in, Tracy. By the way, Podcastland, this is but a fragment of what Tracy sent us. In fact, Tracy has, let's just say at the very top, she's started her email by saying, in preparation for the debut of River Song, I've watched every episode with River. And in chronological order, from her point of view... what she has included and please go to whobackone.com find this episode and read it in its entirety she's included basically a biography of River Song which is amazing yes labour in ignorance no longer Uh, (laughs) fair warning though it is spoiler-tastic as though you don't already know (laughs) anyway you can follow Tracy on Twitter she is at that's Fountain Tracy backwards you guys (laughs) (laughs) we're both blushing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this was fun mm. 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 any plugs are you on twitter or anything else you want to plug i am on twitter you can follow me at drew back when marie i'm not really she's not on twitter dude no. sorry <laughs> she's a real person <laughs> you can high five me online i'll high five you right back i'm at Ponkin. you know how to spell that thank you so much for listening next time <gasps> oh my goodness wouldn't you like to know <laughs> Uh, what is it? <laughs> so, the next episode that we're dropping will be a classic Who review of... The Ambassadors of Death. That's right! After which we will continue with a new Who review, namely the conclusion of this two-parter called... Forest of the Dead! Oh my goodness. So much death! <laughs> oh, it's creepy, creepy. <laughs> and at some point in the hopefully not-too-distant future, we will review an audiobook, and at that point it will be The Cannibalists. So stay tuned! There may be a bonus episode or two coming up as well. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you in the next one. Be rad next to each other. Rock on and chit chat. Bye. See you later. Kablamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or <laughs> still funny audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when? Oh.